Welcome back to the Process Podcast, everybody. I'm joined today by an old friend but a new co-host. The situation here is that uh, Katie has died. Just kidding. Um, that's a that's <laughs> starting a bad off more. Joke. I love yeah. it. Um, no, Katie uh, and I talked at the end of last year about uh, widening our reach. Um, I think uh, she is uh, fighting with several on several fronts: parents, children. Um, managing a practice. Uh, so what we're going to do now is welcome in new co-hosts uh, on something of a rotation. And today, first up is my pal, Scott Schaefer. Hi there, Paul. Hi. How are you? I'm uh, on a scale of one to seven. I'm a, a five. How about you? Probably about a five, too. Okay. It might have something to do with the libations last night. Yeah, we had some <laughs> drinks last night. Um, uh, I was talking to somebody else yesterday, pre-drinks about the importance of being able to go out and get drinks and complain. Yes. Which we do well. Oh, very well. <laughs> yeah. We're, uh, some would say experts at complaining. About experts the world and also us. some, sometimes we're just broken records. Yeah. Like yeah, it's, <laughs> the uh, same thing we complained about last time with yes. drinks is what we're doing here. But I, I find it clinical. I find it like very it, Yeah, it's helpful. helpful. Yeah. It, it keeps us uh, on the straight and narrow. So the, the brief history of, of Scott and me is that we know each other originally from Kansas city. Um, I was there the night that Scott began his stand-up comedy yeah. uh, career. You didn't tell me you were coming to that. I don't even remember. I think you and Ashley the... Ward just showed up. Yeah. And I was already terrified. But I think you guys even sat in like, the front row, too. So I like because those lights are so bright, I can only mm-hmm. see the front row. And I just see you and another close friend of mine just like, why, why do you just, have to witness this? Just grinning at you. <laughs> uh, so that uh, informs what Scott's up to and what he will be talking about on the podcast. He is a, a graphic designer and stand-up comedian. And yeah. I said those in the order that made it sound like I was there the night you began your career as <laughs> right. a graphic designer. You were in desktop publishing yes. in seventh grade. I, I knew you, I, I recognize you from a, from earlier in life. So, um, to, I guess, set the stage. Yeah. Where are you in those careers? Right now, uh, if anyone asks me what I do for a living, it's graphic designer. Mm-hmm. I, I, the, the com- stand up comedy, I'm, I'm 11 years in, but it's not paying the bills. It's not the main source of income. So I always tell people it's, I'm a graphic designer. Um, the day I tell people I'm a stand up comedian, which is honestly, I probably will never do. Mm. I, I'll, I'll accomplish that. I believe that, but I never t- like telling people that I do stand up. Right. They have a lot of dumb questions. And they have a lot of dumb kind of like, they kind of just like treat you differently. Like, oh, you think you're funny. Oh, that's, that's well, like, and they pat me on the head and kind of like figuratively, you know, yeah. from what I've seen, having been around you a lot, when people uh, find out what you do and that stand up is one of those things, yeah. most people don't actually understand how big the stand up world is. Huge. So when you say that, they tend to think. You're either Jerry Seinfeld right. or a complete charlatan. Why haven't I heard of you? Yeah, there's no. Are you on Netflix? Right. <laughs> no, no. Um, I was watching. Uh, there's a movie called The Pale Blue Eye with Christian Bale. Okay. Uh, and Robert Duvall is weirdly in it, mm. but it's actually about Edgar Allan Poe's time at West Point and a Holy murder sh- that happens. <laughs> and I was looking up some information about Edgar Allan Poe. He only lived to be 40, which I had forgotten. And in addition to, I guess, marrying his cousin when she was like 13, which is questionable behavior. Um, he, I mean, it's the 1800s. Yeah, in, yeah. Like, in the Wikipedia entry, it mentioned that he was one of the first writers in, in American history to try to make it solely as a writer. Oh, okay. 
And that it didn't go very well. Because other people always had like a side gig or sorry, right. like a main gig, I, I'm yeah, guessing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, it, well, in a, the the United States wasn't very old at that point. Right. He was born in like in like 1800 or something like yeah. that um, or 1820. And I, I was laughing at how that's something I've learned about being a writer of books, right? right? I rarely now will lead with that right. because that's not what's going to pay the bills and probably exactly. will never pay the bills yeah. for me. Um, and I think stand-up comedy is very similar, right? Where there are a few people who can truly just live on that. But totally. most everybody else is in your shoes yeah. hustling for other gigs. Which, which makes sense. But yeah, sometimes when you tell people, oh, I'm a stand-up comedian, like, like, like I said, they... They wonder why they haven't heard of you mm-hmm. and they wonder almost like why you're not funnier immediately. Pretty much. Yeah. Why I'm not just like tap dancing around them and like entertaining them. And then of course, you know, yeah. So I, I kind of like that, that he was like the first ever American like writer that tried to make it mm-hmm. possibly the first ever list like American tortured artist kind of yeah. thing because he, he di- uh, so he am- amongst writers, he's about as emo or goth as it gets. Couldn't be more goth. <laughs> he got paid like $9 for the Raven. Which became oh, like yeah, a yeah. smash course, hit, yeah. right? But I remember he, from seventh grade literature. Yeah, he made like nine dollars, <laughs> which in today's money is like I don't know thirty dollars. Right. I was about uh, to say, what's the inflation thing? Right. So, so where do you stand in your graphic design career? Graphic design career. So I, I, I was basically a nine to five graphic designer for what? Well, let's see. Um, until I was like thirty four, yeah, thirty five, and so basically that was anything. It was like screen print, uh, sports apparel. It was corporate design it was uh, creative uh, marketing design what, like so banks I, I worked for agco which is basically the redhead stepchild of john deere oh, i've never i've never okay. been on a tractor in my life but I'm you mean it's actually like a subsidiary of john deere it's or basically is it like, a there's john it's like, it's like yeah john deere is nike and then like uh agco is like reebok mm. they have a lot of products but like they're the, the shiny shit is yeah. is John Deere, right, you know. But right. if you want a, an Alice Chalmers mm. or a, <laughs> or a, any of those other ones, then you can go go to Agco get get them. Um, so yeah, basically nine to five uh, graphic designer up until uh, about thirty five years old, and then I kind of had like a remote position before remote positions were a thing. I moved from L A to um, Madison, Wisconsin, and I kept my job. And so this was before everyone was remote with the the pandemic, and so. I decided with that remote gig, I can get my work done, but I I can also take on some other clients. And so Mm -hmm. that was like the kind of like the safety net that I needed to start being freelancer. Mm -hmm. And so basically for like the last, what, four years, I've been freelance, uh, which is good and bad, (laughs) as as we complained about at a bar, at a Chicago style bar last last night. night. You were were talking last night about uh, learning how the USPS tracking system works so <laughs> that you could find out where a check was going to yeah, come from. Yeah, basically, I told you this. I tell the people who listen to this, like, I basically, what being a freelancer amounts to is just waiting for to get paid. Yeah. And so some people, I'm not going to name the client, just want to write a personal check and send it through the mail. It took nine days to get here. And we're, 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 it's a, it's a, literally like an eight-hour drive from point A to point B. But yet, somehow, it took nine days to get there, and I'm mm-hmm. just tearing my... My hair out. There's some overdraft penalties that got <laughs> included in there. And so, yeah. So, basically, I'm waiting for, like, Venmo notifications, mail, and then my, uh, like, moon clerk. Uh, all that kind of stuff. So, mm. basically, yeah. As a graphic designer, just just trying to, like, not tear my hair out every single day. Where would you like this all to go? What's your perfect scenario? Yeah. So, the scenario I had in mind for becoming a freelance graphic designer, because I really didn't mind having a nine to five job. Like, I would do the nine to five thing and I would do the, the stand up comedy um, at night. But, you know, to make it 
kind of in stand-up comedy, you have to we be willing to travel. Mm. And so the the remote positions and the fa- the freelancing allows me to go on the road doing comedy, but also still working. Mm-hmm. Because like I said, this is paying the bills, so it doesn't matter where I'm at. The comedy happens from 7 p.m. on. I can the you know so from eight to five, I can I can work four clients there. So that was like kind of the uh, I don't I, I don't know if I would have wanted to be freelancer had I not been doing comedy. But yeah, this kind of like I don't know these two things fed into each other like that. Right. Yeah. So they're they're fairly aligned as yeah. far as um, what you both care about and what also helps to um, help the other thing. I yeah. guess. Right. And so even like let's say that you know tomorrow I become a uh, full-time stand-up comedian. I, I, I'm not going to stop doing the graphic design. I might mm-hmm. dial it back a little bit, like trying to find business as much as I am. But yeah, I, I feel like no matter what any kind of success I have or don't have in stand-up comedy, I'm always going to be doing the graphic design. Mm-hmm. You know, Because that is something that you truly enjoy? I truly enjoy it, yeah. yeah. And uh, it's... it's it, like overall, I do complain about clients a lot, but ultimately like 5% of my clients have ever been problematic. The rest of the 95 have been great to work with, mm-hmm. even if they don't think that they're good to work with. Uh, so yeah, I, I, I will always find a way to design something. What do you think it is about graphic design that gets you going? I don't know. It's, I'm not going to try and give you like a cliche answer. Like, Oh, I just love being creative. Cause sometimes I fucking don't. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to use that muscle. Like there's a, I love designing logos. That's like, everyone's kind of, easiest thing to do but also it takes a lot of time and sometimes you have like no uh ideas sometimes you have a million ideas and so i think what i like about it is the fact that i think there's a lot of i'm gonna be vindictive with it there's a lot of bad design out there which we've talked about Mm -hmm. and i like being better than that bad design (laughs) so (laughs) now don't get me wrong i have done my fair share of stinkers mm-hmm. where I don't have those on my website, you know, I, I, right. and that, that's on me and that's so kind of on the client. So your competitive nature little bit. is engaged a little bit. Yeah, yeah. Because I feel like so there's, there's the DIY stuff in life is good in the sense of like, it's good that you're trying to do something on your own. However, it looks like shit sometimes mm-hmm. and mostly times. <laughs> and so like, like these sites like Canva and anything else that try and help you do it yourself. It still looks like Canva nonsense. Mm-hmm. I don't care if you like figured it out. It's, it's just a, it's something that doesn't look good. And I think I can make stuff look good, look way better than most. So, yeah, I kind of just have like, oh, I don't know. It's like spite that I like designing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I would imagine from my uh, from my limited understanding of design, which has mostly come from working with you and then also having to figure some stuff out just as a business owner. Yeah. Sometimes it doesn't make sense to hire you or right. hire somebody else. I just have to go into Adobe Illustrator totally. and figure out how to do it. There's just sometimes where people do a DIY thing where a lot of eyeballs are going to be on it. And that's right. the problem. That's where like everyone <clears throat> kind of gets to see it and judge it for themselves. And that's what I don't like. I, I yeah. get people doing it for themselves and all that kind of stuff. But yeah, just when, when there's going to be a lot of eyeballs and a lot of kind of like, um, I don't know, maybe like hopefully a lot of business comes from this. You kind of need a professional to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what I was going to say too, is that having dallied in amateur graphic design, did you dilly or dally? Both dilly and (laughs) dally. Um, I could see the allure of ordering the world. Yeah. In that you see bad graphic design and it's almost like litter, right? You're like, I can clean this up and make this, uh, street corner a little better. This metaphorical street yeah. corner. Of also, the world. I can do it a lot faster too. Right. There's been so many p- times where people have been like, "Hey, man, like if I call you, can like can you teach me Adobe Illustrator?" And I'm like, <laughs> no, no. Someone asked me if I could teach them like a real quick, just like, like 
10 minutes on Photoshop. I'm like, <laughs> I've been working with Photoshop for what? Almost 20 years now. I probably know 3% of the stuff you can do on it. And right, that's probably right, high right, saying right, that. Yeah. So I can't teach you. Because I don't even know. You're like, I can, but yeah. it will cost you $20,000. Oh, so much money. <laughs> yeah, it would be impossible. Yeah. Um, okay, so that gives everybody, I think, a sense of where you are. It's where I'm at. Where, what we want to always come back to on the podcast is where you are in the micro and where you'd like to get in the uh, fairly immediate future. Yeah. So Katie and I have talked a lot about our wins and losses. So I would mm-hmm. like to know from you um, a few weeks into January yeah. and this year. Uh, what's a what's a win you've had so far in the last say three weeks? So in the last three weeks, I have gained a new client, mm-hmm. and I've also renewed one. Mm. So basically, sometimes, and I don't mind doing this, where a client, you know, they don't know. Sometimes they don't know me from Adam. It's word of mouth, or they meet me somewhere, and and they're like, "Can you do this?" And I say yes, but everyone's gonna say yes. They want the business, and so if like for two months. They paid me for two months. I did work for them, and they came back. They're like, "Well, we, we want to renew you for." So that's there's some there's some like. I, I, it's almost like I proved myself to them. So mm-hmm. that was a great win because they're a good client and they kind of like steadily feed me work. So the renewed and then also gained one too, because that's kind of been like been the hardest part. Like the, the design is easy, but the business aspect and finding clients is not my forte. Yeah. Like word of mouth is 115% of, <laughs> of how I get business. And that's not easily forecastable, you know, right. When people are going to so, come into your life. So what do you do to stay sane when you can't control if you're going to get a new client? Right. Yeah. I, I think, I don't know if I keep it sane. <laughs> I, I think, well, honestly I get kind of like uh, a little pushy almost in a way I would try and find different avenues to try and, engage people or maybe people who have um, kind of like hinted that they wanted to uh, hire me uh, in the past and they never did. So I go back to them, you know, I, I kind of like fall back and uh, I, I, I've, I've paid middlemen to so find me clients. Yeah, I've, done, I've done it all. So you're, you're I, saying it's all lost me money. <laughs> you've backslid to some X's. Yeah. Pretty, oh, 100%. And, I'm going back through the little black book and I'm uh-huh. like, Hey babe, remember me? And they don't, yeah. <laughs> they don't give a response. So it, I just try and, I don't know. I try and keep my, I have another, like I have a clothing apparel, uh, line that's called Jim Dandy. So sometimes when it's, I, I try and pump that, mm. you know, I, and, and I've, unfortunately I don't give it a consistent kind of like, uh, attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I, I don't say I keep it sane. I just try and keep myself busy. So the, the L's that I'm taking, uh, don't overwhelm me. Is that where comedy comes into play though? Is giving you something to focus on that's not the main breadwinning job. Yeah. So with like comedy, like basically if you, if anyone ever sees me do comedy, basically what I'm doing, I'm just up there complaining. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I complain and I add jokes to it. So that is very kind of, I, I hate it when people call it comedy therapy, mm. but it does feel good to get up there and just say nonsense and make people laugh because otherwise, uh, the, the stuff that I'm doing from nine to five is just killing me slowly. So I might as well get up there and try and like, I don't know, get the rage out without actually just screaming at a bus, like a homeless person, you know? <laughs> so it does help. I, I hate when people say it's comedy therapy, but it does help to right. kind of just get a little, you know, take some weight off your, off your shoulders. Totally. Get something off your chest, baby. What, uh, what about a loss from the last few? That's weeks? okay. I got, I got, uh, I was, which one? <laughs> well, so, okay. So we've established the win is, Gained a client yeah. and sort of regained or renewed a client yeah. on the graphic design front. So what's a loss, whether it's comedy or graphic design? I feel like there, there was a loss 
recently that I that I because I take I I take graphic design and I take um comedy kind of personally mm. almost too like kind of too personally and so when I have a good show but I'm still like the uh, my loss is basically I'm 11 years in uh to comedy and I still feel like I'm just on an uphill climb mm. now 11 years in comedy really isn't that long but it, like the other day I just felt like I was back at being a, an open micer mm. again because I was having to prove myself with a three minute set that is kind of hard to do to prove yourself in three minutes. Right. So tell people what that was. What was the situation? And so there's a comedy club here and it's, it's one of the best comedy clubs in America. Mm-hmm. It's not the world. I mean, I don't even, I've never been overseas, but like comedy works downtown in, in downtown Denver is just one of the most, I don't know, sought after pieces of stage time to get. Not only in in this city, but in this country, and so they basically have like this ranking system, and I and I have no problem playing the game because they don't they don't know me from Adam. There's mm-hmm. a shitload of comedians here in Denver, and there's a shitload of good comedians here in Denver, and so you kind of go up there, you do your dance for like two minutes, and then you kind of move up, and they give you three minutes, and then eventually you'll get like four minutes, and that's where you can kind of breathe easier and yeah. do it. But like it's 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 almost like I'm kind of also doing these shows with people who just started last year. Right. And so it's, I'm not, t- they're not doing anything personally to me, but just in my mind, I'm like 11 years in, why am I, why am I still doing this? Mm-hmm. And so it's just one of those things that I, I just, I take it too personally, even though they are trying to help mm-hmm. like, like, and I'm not ever going to stop going to comedy works. It's one of the, even when I'm not on shows, I go there. It's just that, that awesome of a club. The people who work there are great. The people who run it are awesome. And so it's just one of those things where I was finding myself doing a three minute set, trying to prove myself. And I'm like, even though the set went great, I got a little, I got bumped up. It was just one of those things where I get home. I'm like, why am I still doing the same thing I was doing in the year two right. back in Kansas city at Stanford's comedy club, you know, but it's just part of the game. Yeah. yeah. I, so to, to clarify for people, I think, I don't think this, I know what you mean is that you might do two minutes say in September. Yeah. And then in, in October or November you get bumped up and you get to do three minutes. Yeah. And then in March you get to do four minutes. Yeah. So there's also, an element of patience involved, yeah. right? And additionally, let's say you weren't there for a couple of months, they might conceivably forget about you, yeah. and then now you're back where you started. So totally. I think there is the this element of uh, momentum that's hard to right. manage. In and because brain. I'm only, you know, it's just I'm just one person. When there's you know a hundred comedians in this in this city trying to do the same thing, I kind of forget that sometimes. I'm like, but it's it's me. Why why can't but I'm just one of one of so many assholes that's trying to do the same thing. So sometimes I got to realize that it's, it's not that they're trying to they're not trying to overlook me. Mm-hmm. It, there's just a lot of us. It's almost like I think we've talked about this before. Like there's a bartender, right? And someone will be like, ah, do you remember me? I'm Scott. I'm, I'm, I'm not the person who does this. I'm just using my own name. Like, I'm Scott. You don't remember me? And they're like, not really. Comedians get this too, like headliners. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I saw you two years ago in Knoxville. They're like, okay, that person's one person. You are one of many. And so right. I kind of f- sometimes forget that in comedy. Yeah, that, that even the comedians are one of totally, many to totally, the bookers. Totally. Yeah. And to where I am being selfish because this is a very selfish business. Yeah, I kind of had to remember that they're not doing this on purpose. Mm-hmm. You're, just, they're, you're one of a lot. Right. And you got to stick out more. That kind of stuff. Yeah. And so, yeah, the patience with getting on stage and getting those moments, it's just, that sucks. <laughs> not, well, it is. You, no one's patient, really. You you mentioned being a bar regular. 
Right? Oh, yeah. It, when we lived yeah. in L.A., we were regulars at the Mandrake, the Mandrake for example. Great. But if we didn't go to the Mandrake for a few months, they would start to forget you. Yeah, and 100%. they don't give you free drinks anymore. And, and they, that's they, the way of it. Totally. Right? And whoever's not sitting in our seat, or if we're not sitting in our seats, then someone else is and mm-hmm. we'll be overpassed. So, no, yeah, I, 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 I need to not do that shit. I usually do it like behind closed doors. <laughs> right. Never going to do that to a person in real life. You know, you just got to remind yourself eh, you're one of many. Just yeah. So, so the loss was mostly um, feeling like self-esteem just, and, yeah. and sort of self-talk. Totally. Yeah. Because um, it's funny because like even after good shows, sometimes you're still beating yourself up for no reason. And you're like, you're like, I had a good show. But then you're like, well, I'm 11 years in. I should be having good shows. You know, right. I'm like, hey, yeah. I can't turn it off. I yeah. can't stop myself from <laughs> yeah, you're like, like, you're checking like, myself almost. If only. I could give myself a little congratulations and then you congratulate yourself and you say, but that's how it should be, which yeah. then negates the congratulations totally <laughs> out the door. Yeah. It's like, you shouldn't even have done the show. <laughs> Why are we even here? Why are we here? So what, uh, what comes next specifically with comedy works? Oh, with comedy works. Um, that's basically just like the weight and kind of like, I, I'm up to a certain level now to where, um, everyone does new talent night. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> That's what everyone's trying to get into. But now that I'm bumped up to a certain level, I can do another show there called up next, Okay, which is where you kind of like, you don't have to, um, share the stage with like newer comedians. It's mm. just a whole same level. And it's a big showcase and you just got to prove yourself there, which is great. And that's what I was trying to get to because that now allows me, it doubles my, um, uh, probability of getting on stage there. So yeah, right. just trying to like basically, uh, I don't know. Basically, in a weird way, try and like be better than everyone else and stick mm-hmm. out. Right. You know, that kind does, of shit. Well, does it does that mean you hanging out at Comedy Works more? Yeah, I think so. Because like I, I, I we've talked about this before. So I lived in I lived in L.A. for only four years, but it's a long time because like everyone in there is trying to get into the comedy store. Right. And I would go there every now and then because I would have, I would have some buddies who are paid regulars and I'd go watch them show do their shows. And every now and then I'd have a show there, too. But no matter what, every time I went there. There's like this outdoor patio area. I remember that there's a bar. Oh yeah, and yeah, and so, um, so basically every time I would go there, I would see the same fucking people <laughs> every time. They and like some of them did comedy, some of them did not. But I realized that was just the their hangout, mm. and it's not that they were good comedians or it, they weren't even comedians. But like the fact that they were just there, there was like there's a guy called Boom Shakalaka. <laughs> doesn't do comedy but he's always there and so he became like a weird like little celebrity however they never did shows there and so i thought it was like kind of pathetic mm. that they were trying to hang out at the, with the cool kids basically and they had no they were the nerds like they're the like the weirdos but like so like I, I didn't feel like they had like the right to hang out there mm. and so when i moved here i didn't want to just like show up to comedy works and just be boom shakalaka and be one of those weird guys who right. doesn't perform there but like hey look at me now i'm part of comedy works too no you're not bitch <laughs> so I had to get on stage a few times, meet the right people before I felt like I could allow myself to go hang out. So right. yeah, now at this point I can easily just go there, say hi to the bartenders, say hi to the people working and just kind of hang out and mm-hmm. be part of that little, little family. I don't know if I love the word family, but that's the only thing that came to mind. So I feel like I've earned that right to just go out, go there and just be seen and mm-hmm. be a person, you know? Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's the same old story 97th chapter that (laughs) people who will hire you for any job are going to make the most convenient ask of themselves Mm -hmm. and what that means is it's the people who are in front of them right so if you're around a bunch eventually they will say 
well, dude, we had so, so canceled. Will you just go up tonight? Yeah. Right. Um, I had this happen once when I was playing in the CBA for the mm-hmm. Yakima Sun Kings. Hell the yeah. Seattle Supersonic still existed at that time. Okay. Uh, before moving to Oklahoma City. <laughs> and the Sonics had a bunch of guys sick one day. Oh. And so they had me and an assistant coach and another guy who had come from Greece to play for us, which was super weird, drive over for a tryout to potentially sign with the Sonics That's to play yeah. that night. Right. That night. <laughs> it ended up that like two of their guys got what a hired gun situation quickly I love it. or we weren't good enough. I'm not sure. But again, it was, it was purely geographical, right? Right. Like we just happened to be in Yakima, which is two and a half hours from Seattle. And the assistant coach happened to have a relationship with whomever was in charge of these of course. transactions. So they were able to just drive us over and yeah. see if we were good enough. And I, I love that because that's a super exciting mm-hmm. uh, kind of like opportunity to get. But also, like you realize, I'm sure like in basketball, it's, it's just like this in comedy, like the, the relationships are incestuous. Like so mm-hmm. many people know the same people that you know. Oh, yeah. And so as long as you're kind of like, like you said, around within that tight knit community, then yeah, the shit might just like fall into place. Like it's, it's happened to me at comedy on state, which is also probably like another great, one of the other great clubs in America that like, you know, isn't like an LA or New York club where it's just headliner mm-hmm. to headliner. But that happened to me. I would just go there, hang out, talk to the bartenders. Someone fell out of a showcase. They're like, even though you performed here last night, do you want to do it again? I'm like, oh, absolutely. <laughs> yeah, I looked yeah. like shit. I was like, like a backwards baseball cap and I looked uh-huh. like I wasn't supposed to be on stage. But yeah, it was just like, it's those little opportunities where, if I'm just sitting on my couch, which I kind of did too much of in December, mm. I am not. They're, they're not, they're not going to be like, well, we have a lot of comedians here, but let's call Scott. That ain't fucking happening. Right. It's right. insane. I was actually thinking about that very thing this morning when it came to a song that I was looking for. Oh, okay. In that. In um, your CDs? Well, I, this was actually not in my CDs, which is a whole <laughs> other story. I was uh, trying to come up with a fun song to listen to to start my writing session. Okay. Right? So I talk a lot about how when I sit down to write, I will always put on like a, a trashy, fun song. Love it. Don't have to think about like whether I'm overplaying it right. in my brain. Just whatever comes to mind, right? And I thought of this um, Love and Rockets song from like the early 90s. Okay. And I found it and then I was like, damn, this is such a great song. This would, <laughs> this would work well on a, like a, on a touch tunes, yeah. like at yeah, a yeah. bar or something. This would, people would be excited like, to hear like this, this song. song. And I was thinking about how so much of curating our experience is, can I remember that thing? Yeah. Can I remember that person's name that I wanted to get in touch with? And so to our point, right? Like just being in front of their faces yeah. is half the battle, right? Oh. Like I, like, will I be able to think of that love and rocket song when I'm in a bar? Probably not. <laughs> but if I had seen it somehow, if, yeah. if there was like a list of songs, then I'd be like, oh, I love totally. that song. Our brains are just not as capable as we would like them to be. I agree. <laughs> so what, uh, so I'm going to hold your feet to the fire yeah. between now and when you're next on the podcast, mm-hmm. what's, what's, what's your plan for, what do you want to accomplish and how will you do that in both things? Yeah. So I feel like the last five months has probably been like the most challenging in, in my freelance career mm-hmm. just because um, some clients, uh, there's a lot of one-off projects, right? And so like when they're done, they're done. Like I, I designed books and I typeset and all this kind of stuff. So when that like two to three month process is over, that client's just gone and they're not going to write another book right away. So you got to kind of just, so like I, you lose some clients and then I kind of just wasn't gaining enough clients. So basically the next time I'm on, 
I would like to just have a more consistent clientele and to where like I can not freak out every single day <laughs> about where a check's coming from to where like, and I don't need a lot of clients. It's just mm. the fact of like a more consistent client client base and also more consistent bookings because with these last six months, uh, because I'm worried about the business mm. end of, of graphic design, I'm kind of not doing my job and booking myself anywhere for comedy. You mean totally for yeah. comedy. And so it's just like, it's sometimes it's, it was so bad at one point that I just, all I could think about was just getting new clients, new clients, new clients. I wasn't writing jokes. I wasn't trying to get on the road. I wasn't trying to even get booked in Denver. Really. I was just mm-hmm. kind of like, it, it just took up so much of my, of my um, concentration that now the next time I'm on, I would just like to have just an even keel. Hey, I'm doing these shows. Also, I've got four clients and mm-hmm. life is, life is, fine okay i don't so, need good so, i need fine so that's the outcome you would like so yeah. what are you going to do to your systems your processes between now and then to help make that happen because you can't yeah. really control no, whether that true. happens like that's what your your dream is right your yeah. north star what are you going to change about the way you're living your life i hate what i'm about to say because mm, you're gonna I'm in. fucking love it okay i'm in so i've actually i'm always been fly by the seat of my pants willy-nilly all that kind of stuff. Willard Nillard, some people would say, but I actually have constructed a daily schedule for myself. Okay. To where, and it's, it's included, not just like, because like in the morning I check my emails and basically from, uh, let's say nine 30 until about two, I am strictly graphic design and I'm just, okay. Yeah. Got it. Let's just say that yeah. I, I can't remember what the schedule is. I wrote mm-hmm. on my whiteboard. It's, it's there. Yeah. So then any, then I take a break mm-hmm. and then basically from like, three until five uh trying to write or get booked that's all comedy stuff mm-hmm. but i've even thrown in there cold shower in the morning oh okay yeah i i've always enjoyed the kind of like the shock to the system mm-hmm. but i was never doing it i was just saying because like when the pool was open right uh when it was still getting cold i would just go in there jump in there run out it was great mm-hmm. so no no uh and then also i've got my little morning drink that i drink i drink a coffee while i'm doing the graphic design and i've got like this whole system that i've never used to have Mm. But I was realizing one of these, oh, and I make my bed. That was oh, another thing. Is that and new? you always told me to make my bed. <laughs> and I was just like, that's so stupid. Because you would tell me, like, it wasn't like a Marine thing. Yeah, yeah. Like, like to you, start your day with yeah. a small win. And I would right. just be like, okay, right. And I'd roll my eyes and I'd walk away. I'm like, Paul's stupid. <laughs> but it, what I realized was, um, in like one of my nights of loathing, you mm-hmm. know, having a little pity party by myself while watching Diners, Drivers, and Dives, I realized like, well, the way I've been doing it, isn't fucking working so why not try something why not try a schedule and and oh oh another thing i don't know this may not make any sense but i used to just eat uh lunch and dinner on my couch watching tv mm. i even though my dining table is right there mm-hmm. so now i have to eat at my dining table too okay this it's it's weird i don't know what the basis of this is but it's it's different mm-hmm. and it, there's a schedule and there's there's been times where i'm like walking to my couch with my dinner and i'm like mm-hmm. no gotta go yeah. gotta eat dinner at the dinner table like right. a normal person well you and i both have uh apartments that are not large not large and so it becomes i think even more valuable to uh segregate what happens in each space yeah. i will find myself sometimes thinking well I'll just do a little work sitting on the couch. Yeah. But the couch is like my one place mm-hmm. to relax and yeah. watch TV. And if I start to commingle those, then my brain starts to say, oh, we're going to the couch to do some work now. Yeah. I don't want to do that. What are we that. doing? No, yeah. no, no. And, and yeah, so it's been one of those things where the, the schedule is just going to help me with, because uh, like, you know, living in LA, I would just, I would go to a coffee shop and then I'd be like, all right, 
what am I going to do today? Mm-hmm. I would check my emails and then I would just scatterbrained. If I found a good tweet or if I thought of a good tweet, I would just tweet that right. instead of doing like graphic design. And I was just all over the place. And I figured out that like possibly the reason I couldn't concentrate on anything other than graphic design at one point was because it was just a fucking mess every day. I didn't have a plan. I didn't have like a uh, uh, kind of like an idea of what I was supposed to do. And so now I can do my graphic design mm-hmm. for six hours, five hours. That's a and, long time. Yeah. And so like four or five hours, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. And then once I get out of that, have a break, then it's time for comedy. And then, cause like, I don't need all day to get booked. You know, you, you send out the emails, you kind of do your kind of thing. And normally I keep like a list. And so as long as I can keep those worlds separate mm-hmm. within one day, I feel like that's going to help me just be a little bit more successful yeah. in both categories and a little more systematic. So yeah. when you're back on the podcast, what question would you like me to ask you? regarding me holding your feet to the fire but one would be am i still doing the schedule am okay. i yeah am i how's the am schedule I, am I, yeah am i sticking to the schedule okay um and another would be maybe like because uh, i kind of i don't know if this is a good one about like maybe like new clients mm. if i if i have any new clients if i have any renewed clients because sometimes I, I base my success on how many clients i have you know that kind of stuff yeah whether that's Smart or not, I don't. I'm not really sure, but yeah, I feel like those would be some some good questions when my feet are at the fire. Yeah, great. Well, if people need graphic design, they can find you <laughs> at what's your website? Uh, as you wish. Uh, we, we're both yeah. Princess Bride fans, so as you wish pro as in professional as you wish pro dot com. We uh, I met where was I recently when uh, I was talking about favorite movies and somebody else had Princess Bride. Nice as theirs. It might have been our mutual friend kate potentially oh maybe i think you're right yeah i think we've talked about that too yes. her. Uh, yeah another graphic designer yeah right a, a she's romantic. younger than us which is kind of cool gives us yeah. hope yeah <laughs> us hope. um i will say about the princess bride that uh when i was 12 we went to california for mm-hmm. the first time from kansas first plane ride big deal going to disneyland the whole deal and uh we went and stayed with my aunt and uncle up in uh san jose area Mm -hmm. and they made a point of sitting us down and making us watch a movie and it was the princess bride and at the time we were like what this is crazy that we're just gonna like sit in a room and watch a movie together but now (laughs) i get it yeah kudos to them and it's it's i i I really i never grew up like having favorite things Mm. i didn't really have like a favorite band oh hot take yeah yeah hot take i mean like like we were like big Oklahoma state sports fans. I, right. So like outside of that, I never had like an NBA team. Mm-hmm. I really didn't grow up with like an NFL team at a certain point uh, until I started loving the chiefs. Um, but it's like one of those things where like, if someone was like, Oh, who's your favorite band? I'm like, I don't really have a favorite band. My mm-hmm. brother's favorite band was Pearl jam. All he wanted to do was go to Pearl jam shows. And I'm like, I don't really have the commitment for just one band. Yeah. But the movie was that, that the princess bride I always knew was my favorite because even to this day, if it's on, I'm watching it. Mm-hmm. it. I don't care. It's never even be like, oh, well, you know, I've, I, I think I've like, I've always made fun of like people who are like, like we have some buddies who are huge Pearl Jam fans and they mm-hmm. go to multiple shows. Right. Yes. And I used to make fun of that. They're like, wait, how many times have I watched the princess bride? Yeah. You know, I mean, just, right. it's the same thing. It's also nice to actually have a favorite because don't. there's nothing I hate more. Mm, this is a bit of an overstatement, but let's, let's stay with it. it. There's let's nothing I hate more than when you ask someone like, what's your favorite band or your favorite song or yeah. your favorite music or uh, genre or movie or place you've been on vacation and then you're like i don't like to 
narrow it down to right. one and you're like, God damn it. I don't, <laughs> just answer the fucking question. I don't actually care that yeah. much. I just want to have something to talk We're about. We're just starting this like, off. Baby. Yeah, this is lie to me. I don't fucking lie to me. It doesn't matter. Just <laughs> say something so that then we have some foothold and handhold to climb yeah. this conversational mountain start we're starting off bad if you answer like that right you just put a rock slide under my legs oh 100 well uh excellent debut on the process hey, podcast happy to be here happy uh, to be co-host am i co-host technically number one since- your co-host uh, number one yeah <laughs> we'll be uh you'll be back in that chair very soon um and we're going to check in with uh this info and i think uh what people are going to get is a little running diary of uh a bunch of really smart and interesting people's journey through building processes and reaching yeah. goals. I hate that. I told you about my schedule. I I'm not going to hold it against you. Don't worry. No, no, no. But you're like, like, you're like, like, how many years have you just been like, yeah, well, you need to write stuff down. I'm like, no, a, I don't need to do that. I'm fine. Your brother and I am sure could commiserate about this. <laughs> you're going through a similar journey as my brother, Matt, who's only a year older than you. Yeah. A year and a half year. Actually, I don't yeah, think a year, and year and older. Yeah. So I, I have things where, I will just soldier my way through some chaos. Mm-hmm. And then about five years later, Matt has to soldier his way through that chaos. Yeah, yeah. But when I was soldiering my way through it the first time, slogging through the muck, right. he's making fun of me about the whole process. And that's a similar situation yeah, totally. here where Mick and I as the oldest of these families are like, just wait. Eventually <laughs> you're going to see. I, I didn't know what we'd talk about today, but like once I was like, oh, I got to tell him I make my bed now. I got to tell him that I like a cold plunge that I, I'd write a schedule. I got to be like, yeah, why aren't you doing this six years ago? No, that's the thing. As, a, <laughs> as an older brother, you have to learn not to say, I told you so. It's a lot like being a parent because you, you don't want to rub yeah. people's face in it. You just want to say, good job. That is also a big brother thing because the big brothers are kind of like, you don't, I don't want to say I told you so. Youngest brothers are like, I fucking told you so, dude. Right. Like, we're kind of the dicks, even though yeah. you're like the father figure types as yeah, the older brothers. You, uh, as an older brother, I've learned that um, things that you might say to your younger siblings could be so devastating that you yeah. have to be really careful Yeah, because they saw you as this kind of vague authority figure of course and not vice versa so they can pick at you forever 100 but you can't really i'm punch punching down. up you're yeah. punching down exactly yeah we'll talk to you next time yeah thanks for listening everybody. thanks for having me hey friends paul here i really appreciate you listening the executive producer of the process podcast is rich burner Music came to us courtesy of Kevin McLeod at incompetech.filmmusic.io. I'll talk to you again soon.